0: Hello and welcome to The Fellow Cast. This is another Bring Your Own Bible episode. And in this episode, Pastor Garth wraps up the fifth and final installment of the genealogies and must I say the most fascinating one as well, as he mentions in this episode. It really is interesting to just listen how God perfectly designed um, this whole lineage in which Jesus was born into and in which we are born into. It's really interesting to listen to, and I really trust that as you, you take take it all in, it'll change the way that you look at yourself, or where you've been placed within the body of Christ, and that it would encourage you to grow in the image of Jesus. So just enjoy, take a moment to relax, take a deep breath, and enjoy the next couple of minutes as Pastor Garth guides us through the last installment of the Genealogies. And then he introduces what
1: is to come next. So enjoy. Yes, Waldo, well, so today we into the New Testament and it's the last big genealogy in the Bible. And it's fascinating. It really is. Uh, and as I just said to you, it's a bit daunting as well because we're dealing with two genealogies on the same person, all leading to Jesus Christ. So it's in Matthew chapter 1, the New Testament kicks off with a genealogy, um, which is also good to note that the last words in the Old Testament, as we always remember, it says, and he will return the hearts of the fathers to their children, the hearts of the children to their fathers, or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. Um, So the promise is there's going to be this Elijah before the Messiah comes. So that's what they're waiting for, for this 400 years in between. So Matthew starting off with a genealogy is actually absolutely appropriate for the New Testament because all of the Old Testament says there's going to be this one from the line of Abraham and finally says uh, uh, it's going to be from the line of David, and he's going to sit on the throne of David. So by the time that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, comes, for the Jews in particular, uh, there's nothing more important than the fulfillment of that prophecy. Jesus has to be from the line of David. Um, and he also has to be in succession to the throne in that sense. Okay? So... It's very important, especially, as I say, especially for the Jews, because they know their prophecies and they've been looking for this Messiah. Um, But then Luke also has a genealogy in Luke chapter 4. It comes later on, um, and also notably it comes just after the baptism of Jesus and after the Father says, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Uh, Then he says, All right, there's the Son's genealogy. Uh, We'll speak in more detail about that, but the daunting part of it is that the two genealogies differ. How on earth is that possible, you might want to ask? How can there be two different genealogies for Jesus? And uh, while it's daunting, it's also absolutely miraculous. Just the way that it all pans out, um, it's incredible how God brings it all together together. Uh, And it makes the story so much richer Mm -hmm. that Jesus fulfills the prophecy twice over. Sure. It's absolutely, absolutely perfect.
0: I'm excited to hear about this one.
1: (laughs) All right. So let's kick off then in Matthew chapter 1. A record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. All right. So Matthew starts off the genealogy with Abraham. Luke starts off the genealogy with Adam. So he starts with the first man on the face of the earth. Um, But for Matthew's audience, Matthew's writing for the Jews in particular. um, We see that because all throughout the book of Matthew, he makes these quotes. He says, as it was prophesied, so Jesus did. In order to fulfill the prophecy, Jesus did this. Jesus said that. So for the Jewish audience who know their Old Testament, he's confirming, hey, Jesus fulfills, fulfills, fulfills the prophecies. Um, That's the emphasis. So writing to a Jewish community, um, it won't make sense to start at Adam because uh, all of the earth springs forth from Adam, but the Jews start with Abraham, their father in the faith. So for them it's important that, yes, let's kick off with the man, the man on which our faith is is founded, Abraham. Um, And then... uh, if you, if you read through that, it's uh, Abraham, the father of Isaac, Isaac, the father of Jacob, Jacob, the father of Judah. So basically that first section over here takes us um, through the book of Genesis, and it ends in the book of Ruth, which is in the time of the judges, because it ends with Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, um, Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of the king, David. Um, so just jump down to verse 17 because it sort of abbreviates the genealogy it says thus there were 14 generations in all from Abraham to David that's the first section Uh, 14 from David to the exile to Babylon so until they kicked out of the land so um, up until David means the start of the monarchy the next 14 is going to take us to the end of the monarchy and 14 from the exile to Christ That's pretty remarkable. There's definitely something being said there. 14, 14, 14. Um, So all throughout the scriptures, numerology, people who's interested in that will say seven is the perfect number. Fourteen is twice perfect, twice perfect, twice perfect. Um, For a Jewish community, this genealogy, starting off the book, is going to be a powerful, powerful wake and shake. They're all going to stand up and pay attention. Who's this man that you're speaking about? Because there's something happening. There's something godly in all of this. Now, what makes it more interesting is that in order to achieve 14, 14, 14 like that, Matthew's actually purposefully leaving out guys from the genealogy. So if you're going to read through the book of Chronicles and Kings, you'll see that there's a couple of guys, a couple of characters missing in his story over there. Um, so the f- the first fourteen is perfect from Abraham to David, he covers everybody nobody 's left out in the second one, however, he leaves out three kings and a queen, Atalia, uh, who is always left out. <laughs> nobody in the Jewish genealogies and lists of kings ever mentions her she 's just not to be mentioned uh, for good reasons. She was the daughter of Jezebel, so the the king. In the south, the king of Judah married the daughter of Jezebel, the m- worst woman ever, all right? Ahab's wife. <laughs> that was the, the girl that sent Elijah running off into the, yeah. the desert. Almost destroyed his ministry. Yes, <laughs> yeah. said, listen, I'm coming for you. I'm going to kill you. You killed my, my ball priests. I'm going to hunt you down. Um, and she was also killed in great fashion, chucked out a tower um, by Yehu. So her daughter then, Atalia, um, became ke- uh, queen in the south. Um, she married Joram. And Joram, interesting, if you read in, um, in 2 Chronicles 21, um, it says he married her and he was horrible. He followed the ways of Ahab, his father-in-law, the king of the north. And it ends with this line, and he passed away to no one's regret um god actually gave him a disease that would uh weaken his belt to the points that everything fell out i mean it sounds like uh, what happened to who's that guy um herod eaten by worms alive you know uh so a horrible horrible man so if you read through genealogy you'll find it ends with Joram and then it jumps over atalia because she actually became queen at his death Uh, Or first her son, sorry, became queen. uh, And it was his last son alive. God killed out his entire family and only one son left, Amazia. Um, And then Amazia passed away. And then Atalia became queen. She killed out... Um, all the royal family of David that she could lay her hands on by that time, obviously the family has spread so far and wide um, it's a uh, he had many wives, David Moss, and after him Solomon had many more. so the royal line was well spread out, but every one that she could lay her hands on she killed, and one boy was saved, Joash, the priest in the temple actually hid him away for a whole bunch of years until he came out and then they they killed Atalia. he became king. And then the genealogy only kicks off after him. Um, so in my view, quite obviously, Matthew's skipping out that part in the story where everything just becomes haywire. Nobody wants to include Joram in the lineage, um, how much more his son, how much more his wife, and then only when the um, royalty is confirmed, then he continues on with the story. Um but that then brings us to 14. Th- I think more important is to see that Matthew very purposefully splits up this genealogy into 14, 14, 14 to say something very specific to yeah. his audience.
0: Yeah. Is it not a bit deceiving? I mean, I'm just asking the question f- as mm. a you know,
1: general no. reader. Uh, I think it's not. The, the, the other point of it is. Not that I'm saying the Bible's deceiving. No, no, no it's a fair question. Yeah. It's a fair question. But all of the history is written down and every Jew so has you it.
0: You can find it. The yeah.
1: entire Old Testament is there True. for them to go and read it up themselves. Sure. So it's out in the open, actually. Yeah. E- everybody who knows Jewish history will see. Uh, wait, where's this? I mean, yeah. it's one of the most fascinating parts of the royal story yes. and you left it out. Yeah. <laughs> and then that, that ma- makes you ask the question
0: well there must be a reason for yes. him leaving that out. Exactly what you're saying. now. Yeah.
1: yeah. Then if you count it up 14, 14, 14 um, it brings you to 42. Now people who play around with numerology uh, also play around with names especially Jewish names and every Jewish name has a value to it um it, it's called um, yeah, num- uh, gematria all right they count up the letters and the letters give you a specific number fascinating 42 is the gematria for the name david so sure. wow. which quite obviously right from the start is the emphasis of what he's landing he says mm. jesus christ is sitting on the throne of david he is the fulfillment of the promise that for all eternity the line of david will reign mm. Um, So that's what he's coming to He's saying Jesus is the king of the Jews That's what his audience needs to hear Now before we leave Matthew's genealogy And jump over to Luke's um, Another point that actually is well known Already in our time Because there's books written about it Is that in any other genealogy um, Of Jewish but also the surrounding The Middle Eastern um, people Women don't really feature, but suddenly in this genealogy there's four girls, and every one of those four girls have a bit of a tainted story um the The one is Ruth uh, who is a Moabite, married into the royal line of Jesus really I mean, come on, David comes from her. What's up with that? You know the other one is um tamara uh who is through incest the dad actually had a child with his son who passed away, his um, daughter. It's not to be done, all right? That's just wrong. And I mean, it's Judah's son. Come on, that's just wrong. So there's something about that story. And then there's the story about Mary, this girl who supposedly, um, through uh, the stories that spun around, oh, she's engaged and she's married? How did that happen? Um, So every one of them have this bit of a story, which in the genealogy, while it's pointing to man, he's sitting on the throne of David, this most awesome king ever. He's showing, hey, David had his Bathsheba, and I'm including Bathsheba in the story as well here, um, because it's a flawed people. And Jesus, the king of the Jews, came to redeem a flawed people. He did not come out of a perfect line. There's nothing perfect about the line of Christ. He came because the line is not perfect, and it needs to be fixed. (laughs) Yeah, 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 it it really is. It's incredibly powerful. So let's jump over to Luke then, because what's happening over there? If you follow it, um, you'll see that from Solomon onwards, Solomon doesn't appear in the line of Luke, but Nathan appears. Instead of David's son Solomon, who's the next in line to the throne... Uh, Luke follows the line of another son of David, a very little-known son of David. He's only mentioned once previously in the Bible, um, in the Kings. Uh, but it actually follows the line of Nathan and not of Solomon. Um, now, who's Luke's audience? Um, if you read through Luke, you quickly find out it's very, very different from the book of Matthew. Um there's very few times any allusion to the fact that Jesus fulfills any prophecies because he's actually writing to a Hellenistic community, to um, uh, the people of the empire. It's not just to Jews. And um, lots of his stories have these twists and turns in which you see, oh, the Jewish people won't really mention so sharply Jesus' interaction with Samaritans uh, or with a woman that was unclean and came and touched his robe um or he actually was willing to engage with a roman officer uh, all of those kind of things in matthew that you don't see it that much because he's writing to a different audience he's not trying to offend this audience luke though is trying to reach the entire empire's people the hellenistic people um, so he includes that kind of stories that for his audience you will include them in the story their kind of people so for that reason as well, he's not really concerned to show to the Lelandistic people that Jesus is the king of the Jews. Uh, they can find that out as they go. His emphasis is Jesus is the second Adam. He came for all of mankind. So when he runs through his genealogy, he lands it way past where, um, where Matthew starts his. Uh, it's the other way around in Luke. He actually kicks it off with Jesus And he ends it off, instead of with Abraham, he ends it off with Adam. Um, But also note how he ends it off. He says in um, chapter 4 of Luke, verse 38, The son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Chapter 3. Thanks, Valdo, man. Thanks for correcting me. I've been me, going uh, back and forth <laughs> through my Luke. <laughs> you and I'm hunting like, am through am I reading a
0: different Bible?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you Just very much. Just for the listeners' sake. And Luke chapter 3. Um, so, th- at, th- at the beginning of it, the baptism of Jesus, verse 21, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven. Now, check out this part, Valdo. You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Then in the next verse, just before he kicks off the genealogy, he says, Now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. He was the son, so it was thought of Joseph. Very interesting. Mm. eh? In Matthew, you don't see that he's the son of Joseph. Mm. There we go. Got it. Yeah. but we know he's not the son of Joseph, right? So while in Matthew, he's following a royal succession, and in royal succession, Jesus would legally be allowed to be the next king mm. of Israel. But over here, he's actually emphasizing the fact that, well, he's not really the son of Joseph. Mm. It was thought that he was the son of Joseph. He's actually, as it ends off, the son of Adam, the son of God. Sure. All right? Um, But I'm going to jump forward, and then we're going to come back to the genealogy in the next chapter (laughs) 4, verse 3. What's the next thing? Jesus is baptized, goes into the desert. What does the devil say? Chapter 4, verse 3, the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, he says, turn the stones into rocks. Do this, do that, do that. In other words, he's saying to him, prove it. Mm -hmm. Are you the Son of God? Prove it now. Just as he's b- at his baptism, he was declared from heaven. The voice of God the Father declares mm. he is the Son of God. Um, but uh, are you really? Huh. Come and prove it. Then later on in the chapter, um, uh, Downworth verse twenty-two, um, it says he started his ministry around Nazareth, um, and all spoke val- well of him. Verse twenty-two. And were amazed at the gracious words that he that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? They asked. Uh, Jump down, verse twenty-eight. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this, this statement that Jesus made. Um, They got up, drove him out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built. In his very town, Jesus is rejected by the people. Mm. They think he's the son of Joseph. All right, he knows he's the son of God. So he's behaving as the son of God with the authority that God gave him. And because of that, they reject him. Mm. This is not the way that a son of Joseph should behave. And then the last one that I want to point out just further on in the chapter, verse 33. um, He goes on then to Capernaum, a town of Galilee. And verse 33, in the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Ha! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus has silenced him. What do you make of that? (laughs) Interesting interaction. eh? The people of the town that knows him, that saw him growing up, they reject him. But a demon recognizes him for who he is. He can see. So... It the just confirms what's already
0: been said. Yes. The spirit realm knows. The spirit
1: realm knows. Yeah. God the Father obviously knows, yeah. but the spirit realms, the demons, the angels, they yeah. know who he truly is. Yeah. Now, in that way, when we read through gen- to the genealogy in Luke chapter 3, it it's our genealogy as well. Because every one of our genealogies uh, should end with, if we work it back with, uh, Garth the son of Willem von the son of this, the son of this, the son of this, the son of this. Going back to the son of Seth, mm. the son of Adam, the son of oh God. God. But every one of us face things th- all throughout our life that come and say, really? Mm. Prove it. Are you really the son of God? And people reject us when we stand up and live as a son and a daughter of the living God. Mm. Um, and it's a challenge inside of our hearts because we know the spiritual realm knows who we are. Mm. Will we live it or will we actually allow the rejection? Sure. Now, just like in um, Matthew, this genealogy has uh, also a fascinating um, numerology to it. If you count it up all the way through, you end up, if you include God as he is included in this genealogy, um, it's 77 hmm. names. Perfectly, 77. Um Fascinating. <laughs> perfect. 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 Uh, and that just emphasized those scriptures that say all throughout the Bible, and Jesus the Messiah was born in the perfect timing yeah. of God. Huh. All the way from Adam up until now, 77 generations, now is the time for Jesus to be born, yeah. for the savor of the world to step in.
0: And then Luke is, is uh, the names that were left out in Matthew, are they left out in Luke, or are they added in? No,
1: no, all of them are actually and added. So it again. still comes yeah. to that number. Perfectly, yeah. yeah. Every every single one of them are included. Um, and for that reason, es- except the fact that it goes past Abram all the way to Adam, it's also m- more fuller. Yeah, uh, all the names are included. Yeah. Um, this would obviously be the much lesser known genealogy. Because the story of the Bible follows the line of David, mm-hmm. um, so this one, very few of the names from Nathan onwards will actually be seen. Okay. Yeah. Um, but most scholars will also say this genealogy then also is the genealogy of Mary, mm. because it's thought to be the son of Joseph, but then from Heli onwards you notice, oh, but that's not Joseph's genealogy that it's pointing out. So it will actually be Mary's Mary. bloodline um, because Jesus was not born of Joseph. He yeah. was born through God of Mary. So both Mary and Joseph were of the line of David. I, I think it's very significant also that you see that from Solomon onwards, this genealogy chooses then not to follow the line of Solomon. Mm. It doesn't follow it through Solomon all the way to Joseph. It follows it through Nathan, David's other son, Um all the way to Mary. Mm. Because the kings of Israel messed up. From David onward, Solomon, the first mistake he makes is he goes and marries the one woman he should marry the least, the um, princess of Egypt. It was clearly in Deuteronomy said, you shall not go back to Egypt. You will not make an alliance with them. You will not go and buy a bunch of horses. It says it that much in Deuteronomy. And yet he goes and builds cities with all the horses that he bought from Egypt. And then he marries every single other person around um, to make alliances with all the people around him. And by that, he defiles, uh, just dirties the whole of Israel with um, gods that he puts up, Mm -hmm. idols that he puts up. So from there on, the line of David actually messes up as kings. Every now and again, there's revivals and they come back to God. So this line actually... She says, "Listen, I'm going to bypass all your mess ups, and I'm going to put a king on the throne who will do it right mm-hmm. for all of eternity. Mm-hmm. That's Jesus Christ. Sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. well, what does that? What does that mean for us? You know, reading, reading a genealogy like this and the one in Matthew, where these where these failed kind of uh, kings or kingdoms are left out. Um, yeah. I mean, we, there's probably two ways of looking at it. The one way is the grace of God removing that from yes. our past. Yeah. Um, and the other way is well. Be careful because you, you might be forgotten, so to speak, in in, in the coming days. Um, I don't know if that's really yeah. true to say, but it it does. It feels like there's something in that, you know, that, that it keeps you responsible. Yeah. But it also re- reveals the grace of God. I don't know if yeah. I understand it in, in the right way.
1: Look at that scripture. It says, all of our works will be put on the altar. Yeah. And that which was done unto God, that was jewels, precious stones, all of that, that will remain. And all the chaff, it's going to be burned away. Because in the new heaven and the new earth, none of my sinful deeds is going to have a lasting impact. Or none of my half-hearted deeds towards God. Only that which was done in obedience. So I I think you can see something of that in there. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is then the last genealogy. Maybe in closing, a bit of a pointing forward. Um, From next week onwards, uh, we agreed we're going to start at Genesis. And we're going to look through the stories of the Bible. uh, Really just tell them one by one. And I think that genealogies was a good way to kick off with because uh, a genealogy naturally jumps one generation to the other and sort of ties together story upon story upon story. Um, But next week we're going to take the rest of Start at creation, walk our way through, uh, and see how we go. I'm looking forward
0: to it, Waldo. So am I. So if you've been listening... We'll be going into Genesis, and then we'll continue down the story time kind of translation into bring your own in the Bring Your Own Bible series. So I trust that you've enjoyed this, and we'll continue next week.